podcast has bad words. <laughs> this is the Minimalist Private Podcast. I'm Joshua Fields Milburn here with my co-defendant, yeah. Ryan Nicodemus. Wait a minute. <laughs> what are we defending today? How do you plead? <laughs> uh, not guilty? <laughs> What's up, patrons? Thank you so much for being here. This is... Uh, Man, I, I I cannot thank the patrons enough, Josh. Um, I know it's only two bucks per episode. Uh, most of them give us, but it's everything, isn't it? Well, it's it's five for some of them if they're a true fan. That's right. Speaking of, by the our way, favorite p- uh, patrons. Well, no, our favorites <laughs> are the VIPs, and that that is a, a closed group. We love all of you equally. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I did I did want to say something. By the way, yeah, I'm I'm immensely grateful for every single one of you who. Listen to this, and we'll continue to dive deep in these maximal episodes. And in fact, Ryan, there are a few things I wanted to talk about today. Before we get into those, uh, since we're talking about the true fans and VIPs and these different tiers on on Patreon, don't worry, nothing's changing. Uh, Jordan recorded. Well, you and I did this uh, clubhouse event recently. Oh yeah called Understanding Minimalism. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Jordan recorded most of it, and so we're going to, because it was a, a live event, our true fans and our VIPs, they get recordings of all of our live events. Now, it's been three years, essentially, since we've even done a, a real in-person live event. Wow, we, yeah. We did one sort of impromptu event. We were, we were going to start doing those all the time, and yeah. then a pandemic happened. Right. An emergency happened. Stupid COVID. Yeah, and Ruined so- Ruined everything. Obviously, uh, we haven't been able to go out and do those, but the one we did in Salt Lake last year, it was a month before, it was in February of 2020, before Mm -hmm. all the the chaos started. We were out in Salt Lake, and we just did it. It was like a text meetup. So you had to be on our text message list, and Mm -hmm. we text anyone who was in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. And I think we had something like 100 people. And if you are one of our uh, patrons who is a true, I think there's only maybe 100 or so slots left there. And the true fans, there's zero in the VIP slot. No pressure. I'm not asking you to sign up. But if you want to uh, check out any of our live events, we have a whole catalog of dozens of previous live events there as well. And you have access to all of those as well as any future live events that we do, including if we do any more of these clubhouse things. Because you were saying, like, I think this might be my new favorite platform. I think it is. Well, you know, there's no pressure to, I don't know. I always feel like on video, like there's an extra pressure of like, I have to make sure my posture is right. And I'm like too busy worrying about how I look where on clubhouse, like I could, I was like literally pacing back and forth because when I talk on the phone, like I just have better, I'm more focused that way. So when we were doing the clubhouse, like I had my uh, earphones in and I was just like pacing back and forth. Um, But yeah, I like the audio. I like the audio or I should say audio only. Uh-huh. Is what I really, really like about Clubhouse. I mean, and that's kind of its whole shtick, right? Yeah, I, I like that. I also like the ephemeral nature of it. Now, obviously, it's not going to be 100% ephemeral because we did a, a screen grab of it and we recorded the event. And so we'll put that out there for the true fans, VIPs, just to say thank you for your extra level of participation. But no matter how you participate, you keep our show 100% advertisement free. We think advertisements suck. I would hate to start talking about mattresses and boner pills and hair replacement therapy and uh, <laughs> bedding and whatever else they what, what's I haven't listened to a ton of podcasts lately is there anything that's like sweeping the advertising world in podcasts because for a while it was the mattresses right I think Mahalik he tweeted something about how 
some kind of conspiracy going on with uh, yeah. <laughs> mattress companies. And, uh, like they invented podcasting. Right, yeah, it, just the advertiser mattresses. It does feel that way sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I, most of the podcasts I listen to now, I either pay for a, like, I'll give you an example, Dan Savage, the Savage Lovecast. I pay, I think it's an annual membership, and mm. he, well, all you get is he removes the ads for you. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool. If, yeah. if you are going to have an, an ad supported version and I do the same thing with YouTube so I pay twelve ninety nine. it's the best twelve ninety nine a month I spend yep. is on YouTube yep. actually the best four ninety nine I spend is Pandora yeah, right Remo- I can't imagine listening to Zen Garden and all of a sudden a mattress commercial comes on and Zen Garden Dude, or- even the four ninety nine because I just recently signed up for Pandora like two or three months ago mainly because there isn't another uh, platform that has the algorithm they have for recommending songs so good I was using um like Apple, uh, Apple Music, like they have radio stations. And it's fine. It's okay, but yeah. what I realize is they basically you're like, oh, I like this song, and they're like, oh, here are ten songs like it, and then they just put them on repeat. Yes, like they don't dive deeper into anything else. Right. So I was like, all right, well, it looks like I'm gonna, you know, use Pandora. I still get. Do you ever every once in a while on Pandora you get like a like you'll be listening to someone and then it's a commercial for their music specifically. Never, never ever. That's ever. crazy. I got. I've, I've been getting that lately on Pandora. Maybe there's a setting I have. Yeah, I would I check. Maybe maybe you don't have the premium plan, and maybe it's I'm a. In <sighs> I'll take a look at it. I'm anyway, just there, if you're if you're interested, there are three stations I listen to on Pandora, Pandora regularly. So, mm-hmm. the Zen Garden station, mm-hmm. the Cigaros station. Mm-hmm. And the Aquilo station, mm. those three, and then Christmas time. I, there's two Christmas stations I listen to, yeah. and you're right, it plays. And then of course you get to to vote on upvote or downvote what yeah. you like and don't like. And as soon as you get it tweaked just right, I never even have to upvote or downvote anything. Yeah. And it stops playing after eight hours. I know that because every morning when I'm writing, I just have Zen Garden on in the background, mm. and it's like it's. Perfect. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about that today. We're today we're talking about how most emergencies aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, a, a saying from our friend Rob Bell. Most emergencies aren't. We got a bunch of surprise questions, but first, Ryan, let's talk more about less. Let's do it. We got a couple articles here, both from ready.gov. Mm-hmm. I wish we could get like the minimalists.gov. <laughs> how cool would that be? <laughs> But uh, ready. I don't know because you have to work for the government in order to do that, right? Yeah, I know. I just want the. I don't want that. I just want the the .gov domain. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Uh, and .edu, .mil, like Milburn. Right. Yeah, yeah that's right, fine. Yeah. Uh, this first one is make a plan. So Bex and I sat because I knew we were preparing for this episode. In fact, here's here's a little secret behind the sauce. You and I two days ago we sat down and recorded the minimal and maximal episode for this. Yes. And now we're redoing them today. Right. And it's not. They were like they were fine, they but were they okay. were. Eight out of ten, and yeah. we just didn't feel like putting that forward. And so, uh, what we're doing is, and it gave me time to, to prepare. I sat down with Bex, and we went through this make a plan. We'll put a link nice. to this in the show notes. Yeah, it's important, man. That's and so, w- that's one thing uh, Noah's Arc Prep helped me appreciate. Is he w- he was like, well, do you and Mariah have a plan? I'm like, we live together. We're around each other pretty much twenty four seven. And he was like, yeah, pretty much. He's like, but what if something that happens when you're apart? Do you know what you're going to do? Right. I was like, I never thought of that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it is important. Even if you have someone you're living with and you're around them 24-7, you're, it's really not 24-7. Right. Sometimes when you're apart. And just in California, I think I'm extra nervous about Los Angeles specifically. So we got earthquakes. Mm-hmm. We have fires. Mm-hmm. We have riots. Mm-hmm. We have um, 
uh, you know, every time you see North Korea's map on where they're going to nuke. <laughs> Although, I guess, if we get nuked... You don't really need to prep for that yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say, if we get nuked, you're pretty much nuked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. How would Jack reach your handle? He, right. he would just... Look up in the sky, <laughs> arms out, and, and welcome em- it. And embrace it. Yeah, um, but no, it's like it's funny because living in L.A. Oh, and the electricity failure. Um, yeah. Y- you uh, recommended the documentary to me, Zero Days. Yes. And now I'm pretty much uh, prepared for the outage when it happens. In fact, it did happen to me. Yes. I mean, it wasn't because of the reasons that they were talking about. Right. But I lost power at my home um, for four days. And thank goodness... Well, I could have survived without the stuff I had, uh, without the the go bag and without the emergency items that I had. Like I would have been okay because I would have just left and went to a hotel or went to your place or whatever it might be. Um, but those items helped me to have very few interruptions in our household. Right, and we can talk more about that as we get into this uh, this podcast episode. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about it. So we're talking about making a plan. Step one is. Put a plan together by discussing the questions below with your family, friends, or household to start your emergency plan. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. What's the one that you crossed out? I'm curious. I'll check with CDC uh, about updates for, uh, on coronavirus. Like, oh. It was just specific. It just didn't make sense oh, to gotcha. talk about here. Yes. Um, anyway, how will I receive emergency alerts and warnings? Well, hopefully you have a cell phone provider that provides those to you. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's how we will... Um, receive those. Also, the front desk in our building does keep us posted of anything else that's going on in our neighborhood that's as good. well. Yeah. So we have a couple ways to do that. Um, what is my shelter plan and what is my evacuation route? So shelter plan, if we do plan, if we need to, in the minimal episode, Ryan, we talked about the three types of emergencies, right? The immediate emergency, the stay-at-home disaster, and the evacuation emergency. So if you have a stay-at-home disaster, what is my shelter plan? Mm. And so for us, we have recognized that most of the things in our house function as our emergency items. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to go out and buy a bunch of new things. Sure. The things that I use every day, if I'm stuck at home, yes, those are the things I'm going to use. I totally agree. A few exceptions. One is uh, we made sure we had enough water for two weeks, enough mm-hmm. food for two weeks, mm. non-perishable food. For us, that's cans of sardines. For you, it might be Jim Baker's buckets, whatever it is for you. Um, totally fine. Yeah. Having some water there as well in case there is some sort of... Uh, Major line that, that breaks. Do you just have gallons of water? Yeah, glass. glass. Uh, I think they're two gallons. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're two-gallon bottles. I need a lake. Yeah. Yeah. I need to... Uh, I don't know, man. I have I have that Berkey water filter that can filter creek water. Yeah, so I think you're fine with that. I just don't want to get a Berkey because I, I, I don't like it aesthetically, and that's just a personal preference. Right, right. And, and if I did like it aesthetically, I think that would serve the purpose that, that my current ones yeah yeah so i would i would choose one over the other as yeah. long as you always have that berkey feel filled you're fine yeah uh because you won't even have to go to a creek or something there's this thing i did not get that um when i was going through my preparedness stuff that uh uh this man who has noah's ark he was telling me about this thing called i think it's called the blob what the heck is it something like that but basically it's compacted into like maybe a four inch by four inch and then the width of it might be an inch or two Mm -hmm. but essentially it unfolds and it goes into your bathtub Mm -hmm. and you hook it up to your um 
to your faucet or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it fills up this huge blob, so you have all this water in your bathtub. Yeah. Which at first I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good like you know an emergency item type thing where you could, but yeah, I mean it's it's funny because. I could start talking myself into many other things if I really thought about it. But just speaking of water made me think of that the blob thing. Bex has a small version of one of those. It's called a bladder, mm. and the one that she has. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the problem with it is, like, if your water line breaks, right, then you don't have anything to fill it up with anyway. R- well, yeah, there's in the, it's it's the hot water tank. That's really the water you're getting out of it. That's the what idea. So if if the line breaks, uh-huh. there's still going to be a bunch of uh, water in your hot water heater. Right. So our you, building's a little bit different, so that wouldn't apply yeah, to us. But right. yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes it. But um, what I will say is we have some water there. However, you want to have water. I don't want it in plastic because mm-hmm. I don't want plastic and BPCs and BPAs and BPEFGHIJs. Yeah. All in my water and so yeah it's just in glass bottles and i think the human body is 70 percent microplastic uh and then also um so so what is your shelter plan yeah it's to use everything in our house plus we have our regular household items Mm -hmm. we have food and water for two weeks even though it's not delicious food it's survival food yeah and we have a go bag, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about go bags a little bit later on, or what you might call a bug out bag. Mm-hmm. What is your evacuation route? Now that uh, Bex and I have a couple different ones because she's in Montana half the time, and we have an agreement where we're going to meet. And we, in fact, we have three places, and we have a time frame mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So here's where we're going to meet. If I if we have to evacuate after some sort of emergency, and we've lost lines of communication, right. here's the important part. If we have lines of communication, we'll form a plan right there. Right. We'll adjust our pl- plan, our plan accordingly. Right. But if we don't, if we can't communicate, then I'm going to meet her in Montana, mm-hmm. and I have two weeks to get there. Yeah. And and so don't come looking for me for two weeks. Right. If we can't communicate, I'm going to get there. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, when we would go to as a family. My dad would take us to like Kings Island, and this is pre cell phones. Mm-hmm. Kings Island is an amusement park in Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. Uh, kind of like a Six Flags or Cedar Point, something like that. Right. Um, but they have this miniature Eiffel Tower, and that was our meeting spot. He was like, all right. I think it's a replica Eiffel Tower. I think it's yeah. the same size. It's like a fifth. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, when I say miniature, it's like a fifth of the size of okay. the Eiffel Tower. But it is like an exact replica smaller. Mm. But that was our meeting point. He was like, hey, look, if we get separated, again, this was pre-cell phone. Right. And, I was, you know, I was, I was a kid. So it was it actually... Uh, made sense to to do that. So this is a this is a Kings Island plan, but on a national scale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and then if we can't meet at our first meeting point that we've designated, we have two additional ones. So like, th- there's a, a YMCA that we can meet at if mm-hmm. the first de- des- designation point at the home. Mm-hmm. If for some reason, it's if it's unsafe. Yeah. And this is what we're communicating with Ella as well. If it's unsafe, here's our second place that we meet. Right. If that's unsafe for some reason, here's the third place that we meet. Yeah. And so we've done that in each. Uh, in both Missoula and in Los Angeles. Nice. If she needs to evacuate Missoula, we have the same places here. Or if we just happen to be apart, all three of us, me and Ella and Bex, here's where we meet. Here's the second place. Here's the third place. Yep. And we have that all lined up, mm-hmm. written down, mm-hmm. and communicated so we all know where we're going to be. Yeah. And then we have an evacuation route as well. So it's knowing where we're going to go, how we're going to get where we're going. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Mike Tyson line comes into to play here as well right 
you might get punched in the face because your evacuation route might be closed. Oh, dude. I'm just if, – if we have to evacuate Los Angeles. Yes. I mean, yeah, it, it, it'll be like when you see the traffic when they're leaving uh, Florida from the hurricanes. It's like, yeah, it's it, – It'll be I am legend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, uh, yes, we do have a plan in place, but also keep in mind when that plan doesn't work, it's the, – the main emergency item here is to not panic. You know what we need to do? Get an emergency helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does fit into the emergency item category. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that's the thing. We can lie to ourselves, like you said, about, about anything, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, what is my uh, communication plan? So we have a communication plan as well. It's call, it's text, it's email in that order. If we can't do any of those three, then it's to find each other via the, the plan we've already communicated mm -hmm. to each other. Now, uh, the other steps are here in this plan. It has 12 ways to prepare. It has document and ensure your property, safeguard critical documents and valuables, etc. One other thing we don't talk about that I thought you and I could talk about today, if you go to theminimalists.com slash death, mm -hmm. having a plan for your death is also important. That's if you think about it, that's like the ultimate emergency, right? Yeah, that it's 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 your emergency fund and then death. Right. Both of those things are are things that we're we're in a weird way we're afraid to even talk about. Yeah. In fact, the the name of that that article on our website is "Scared to Death of Death." Right. Or scared to death to talk about death, whatever it is. And what is in the, in that article is we talk about everything that you and I do to prepare for death. So having a living will, having a last will and testament, uh, having, um, well, all the documentation that is in order and exactly how we did it. Now you can even have fun with it. It doesn't have to, there, you can be, there can be some levity in there. Yeah, right? right. So my will talks about how Ryan can cut off my head and use it as a soccer ball. No way, dude. I'm going to keep recording podcasts and do like a weekend at Bernie's type thing. <laughs> That's fine. <You're, laughs> whatever you want to do with my body. I even say in there, you can shoot it out with a cannon mm. if you'd like. My microphone keeps popping up here. Let I me see which, if I can adjust I wonder this. what's cheaper. Uh, burying Burying you in the ground, cremating you, or shooting you out of a cannon? I imagine renting a cannon is probably fairly expensive. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I'm not sure. But uh, let's go into building a kit. So I think of kits sort of as two different things here. One is the go bag, which we're going to talk about. So set that aside for a moment. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about having an emergency kit at home. Yeah. If we're sheltering at home, I don't need a kit all in one place. Yeah. I have everything in my home that I'm going to need. So yeah. there are a bunch of supplies on here. I'm not going to agree with all of them. I'll go through them really quickly. If anything stands out, say something to me. Okay. Water, food, we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. Battery-powered hand crank radio. I have one of those. We'll talk about that. That's mm -hmm. in my go bag. Mm -hmm. Flashlight. I got that. It's in my go bag. First aid kit. Extra batteries. Got those in my to go bag. Mm -hmm. um, whistle. I actually have one of those, strangely, because it's attached to the bag. Um, yeah, but for those listening, if you have a backpack. Yes. Uh, you probably have a whistle on your backpack. You don't even realize it. P possibly, yes. Yeah. Uh, a dusk mask. Uh, yeah, I would say N95 or P100, not just a, a cheap mm -hmm. dust mask. By the way, we've got to be really careful with the masks that we have because we don't want to breathe in a bunch of microplastics into right. our lungs. Yeah. And so th some of the 3M masks that are just the cheap sort of surgery mask or whatever. It, it's you're, trading, you're trading some particulates for different particulates. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's not... 
Not something we want. Uh, plastic sheeting and duct tape. I have trash bags. I don't have plastic sheeting, nor am I going to have any. Uh, I do have duct tape, mm-hmm. moist towelettes. I have you know wet wipes, yep. uh, garbage bags, and plastic ties. Have all those at home. Wrench or pliers. I have those. A manual can opener for food. Have that. Local maps. Don't have that. Don't want it. Yeah. Cell phone with chargers and backup battery. So when you think about it, Ryan, most of the items in our home. They are multifunction. Like a, a cell phone is the best example. If the network's up and running, yeah, it is the ultimate multi-purpose tool. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned the local maps. You can download download those to your phone. Exactly. So now, yeah. now you can download them also, so that even if you don't have access to the network, you can have those maps on your phone, which might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. A- and um, additional chargers, etc. Now the hand crank radio that I have in my go bag, mm-hmm. it also has a whistle on it. It has a compass. Mm-hmm. It has a phone charger, mm-hmm. so I can hand crank my phone if I needed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It has handy. It has a flashlight. Has AM, FM radio. In fact, Sean, I'll send you a link if you want to put a link to this in the show notes so people can. It's I don't know thirty or forty bucks on Amazon. Yeah, and it is a multi-purpose tool, and it has uh the the compass whistle sort of thing that goes with it. Does it, it have goes a solar a panel charger on it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so. Uh, you know, I haven't had to use the solar panel, but what's, yeah, what's I assume really, that it works well. What's really cool about the radio you have, I'm assuming it sounds very similar to the one I have, but the battery that the radio takes is actually, the one that I have is interchangeable with a couple different electronic devices that I have. Mm. So um, I can charge that battery, remove it, oh, cool. put it in like the flashlight, for example, Yeah, and then take that flashlight battery, put it in the radio and, and then charge that up. So yes. yeah, it's, it is, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like multi or yeah, kind of universal multifunction. There's an extra page here, Ryan. I'm not going to go through all of this, but it does talk about having cash, pet food, sleeping bag, fire extinguisher, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't agree with all of these. And, and it's not that I don't agree that you shouldn't have these. I don't care what you have. I'm saying some of these just aren't appropriate for me. But right. yeah, of course, I have a fire extinguisher at home. It makes sense to have one. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I, the, you look at this picture here, and this looks like a portrait of hoarding in a way. It does, yeah. Even though some of these things might come in handy. It's interesting because of the playing cards and like the toy, the stuffed animal in the background. That's something else that I've, uh, when I was talking to um, Rod Green, who does NoahsArcPrep.com, he was talking about boredom and how if you are locked up somewhere, you know, uh, holed up somewhere, held up somewhere for a week, like it helps to have some kind of like distraction basically. Yeah. Um. But, you know, even without the playing cards, I think I could find, you know, we could find different games to play if that's absolutely what we needed. But I'm only saying this because, and he talks about food fatigue. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying this because it's something that I just never would would really even think about. Like, oh, yeah, like um, you might get bored. And if, I mean, because they talk about that in the woods. Like if you get lost, you know, having like just playing solitary can like help keep you, you mentally sharp and, mm. yeah, keep the hope going or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting, man, because like that's exactly that's what stands out to me in that picture. It's the stuffed animal and the playing cards. Yeah, th- let's just say they're non-essential items. If Correct. you choose to have them, mm-hmm. that's on you. Realize also what you're carrying with you, right? Right. At some point, you're carrying the seven-foot house plant and the the crate of books. With exactly. You. Yes. And you have to figure out what is my crate of books that mm-hmm. is no that is not that is actually weighing me down mm-hmm. that i'm not going to use what is irrational here yeah. and what is rational and i'll talk to you about some of the things in in my bug out bag one mm-hmm. other thing i recognize ryan we talked about this on the minimal but i wanted to 
expand on it by having a, a community. Now, you and I are in a fer very fortunate position. As long as I have some sort of internet access mm -hmm. and you have some sort of internet access, I could literally do the Jack Reacher thing. Yeah. And I could send out a tweet or a Facebook post or whatever, and mm. I could stay in any city in this country. Sure. And for a month, and anyone would let me. I could find any. I could find someone in Saskatoon or Orlando or in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm -hmm. or in uh, wherever. Wherever. Yeah. Yes. Wherever USA. Yeah. I. Henderson, Nevada. What a freaking privilege we have yes. to be able to send out a tweet and be like, "Hey, anyone got an extra room I could stay in for a little bit?" Yeah. Now, now you're listening to this. You may not have that, but here's what you do have. You have the ability to add value to whatever community. Mm. Ryan and I have been adding value to this community for more than a decade. Right. So there are people who don't even listen to this podcast anymore, mm -hmm. but they'd still, oh man, those guys really changed the trajectory of my life. I'd I, I haven't followed them for the last three or four years or whatever, but I would love to help them out in some way. Yeah. And so how are you adding value to your community? Because ultimately how much value you're adding will determine how people treat you in an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's worth considering here. I mean, yeah, and that's like, that should be your number one emergency item, really. Your community. Yeah. Totally agree with that. In addition to your emergency fund mm -hmm. and having your emergency community mm -hmm. and then having all your paperwork straight at theminimalists.com slash death. But you know what's interesting is the community, um, it's one of those, you know, one of those things that, yes, uh, in an emergency situation, you can rely on other people in your community. But if you're adding value to your community ahead of time, it gets, it's not really an emergency. It's more like you have spent so much time building relationships and building trust uh, that when it, when it hits the fan, you have some people that you have built these strong connections with. Exactly. Yeah. Ryan, it's time to get in to your bug out bag. All right. Kathy has a question for us. What would you put in your bug out bag? All right. Let's uh well let's talk about your bug out bag. So, we recorded this. Uh we tried one attempt. We weren't mm -hmm. happy with it. So now this is our second attempt. Um at we recorded the, on a Tuesday. We're at, back here on a Thursday. Right. So when I read the items in my bug out bag, uh you said that it stressed you out thinking about getting those items. Yes. Uh but between then and now, you have put your own list together. So talk to me about your bug out bag first. So I have a bug out bag. It's a travel bag. I just use my my regular packed bag. Yeah. And so it's my normal travel bag. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm and if I do need to travel, we're not traveling a whole bunch right now. I'll just remove everything out of it, set mm -hmm. it where my bag usually goes, yeah. and use that bag for travel. And when I get home, I'll refill it with the things I need. That way, I don't need to have an extra bag personally. Yeah. Now I have a hand crank radio that we've already talked about, but that also doubles as a whistle, a compass, a phone charger, a flashlight as well. Yep. I have um, some Mylar blankets. Mm. A pack of four. Mylar. Is that the um, silver, like the really thin blankets? Yeah, I remember Better Call Saul when they're stuck in the desert and yeah. he wraps the blank, the, the silver blanket around him. <laughs> He's like walking around with it. Yeah. That was yeah. the be That was my favorite episode. They're the inexpensive. I think they're maybe 8 to 10, 12 bucks, something like that. Sean, put a link to these mm -hmm. in the Patreon show notes. If you have a first aid kit, chances are you probably have at least one of those in your first aid kit. My first aid kit doesn't, but it's a smaller first aid kit. Gotcha. And I think that's why. Gotcha. And so I have a, I just bought a four pack of those. Yeah. I do have a flashlight. Uh, that works really well. It's on, I think, double A batteries, mm -hmm. and um, it's a it's a bright flashlight, and um, 
lighters, a four pack of lighters. Yeah. So I had a few lighters already, but I went ahead and bought a couple more. And so th that's in my bug out bag. So yep. in case I ac I need to leave. And so what is it? Let's talk about what a bug out bag is. Now, how many packs of cigarettes do you keep in there? <laughs> <laughs> Just one pack of candy cigarettes. They're delicious. <laughs> Remember those? Can you believe we used to sell those? Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's talk about what a bug out yeah, bag is. What is it? If I need to leave my house within 30 seconds, we talked about the three types of emergencies. Yes. You have an immediate emergency. That's not what it's for. You have a stay-at-home disaster. That's not what it's nope. for. You have an evacuation emergency. I need to leave my house, and I need to do so within 30 seconds. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Let's say we need to leave your, your house, but you have an hour to leave. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, this bug-out bag, doesn't. it's not as important. Right. I'll still take it, but there, there's probably a few other things I'll take with me at, the yeah. at that time. You know, what I pre what, the way I prepared my bug-out bag when I had that list of all the different ingredients, I thought to myself, okay, if Mariah and I need to evacuate, leave L.A. and get to Missoula, Montana, like what is what are the things we're going to need? along the way i mean we as long as gas stations are open like we get there in a day no problem but there might be some situations where it's not so um that's that's the way i look at a bug out bag mm -hmm. is like all right what am i going to need to get from point a to point b so mariah and i we have a plan yes uh what do we need in order to make that plan happen what kind of things do we need in that bag yes. to, uh, to help us along the way exactly and so if i need to leave in 30 seconds or less i can grab that bag and i can go mm -hmm. And if I have an hour to, to prepare for leaving, mm. well, then maybe I can, I, I'll can i make some subtle adjustments. I might add a few supplements in there or you know, vitamins, things like that, yeah. even though I do have a few things in there already. Uh, I do have some cans of sardines, uh, a water bottle. I have some duct tape. I have a tr one trash bag. I have pen and paper, mm -hmm. so like a little moleskin notebook and, yeah. and a couple pins. Yeah. And because if I need to write anything out for some reason that that's in there, uh, I have Leave some, a note. Yeah. Yeah. I have some cash mm -hmm. uh, that I have on hand. So about a thousand dollars in cash. Um, in cold, hard thousand dollar bills. Well, yeah, I, I, I've tried to put a quarter million in there, <laughs> but then I realized I don't have a quarter million. So, uh, yeah. But I do have something that will get me a quarter million. I have a gun and some ammunition. <laughs> we're going to yeah. talk about that later. You know, it's funny how money, because, uh, yes, it's important, I think, to keep some. Like, I carry around with me, and you'll never guess where I keep it, uh, a, an emergency $100 bill. Mm -hmm. And I have had to use it's it. It's in a suppository. That's right. No. In the last, uh, since we've been in L.A., I've had to use it at least three times. So it's about once a year where I have forgotten my wallet for you know when wherever i'm at i'm like oh shoot like i mean can i go without yes but um one particular time mariah and i went out to dinner and then i realized like oh crap like i forgot my wallet and we had the bill mm -hmm. and i was like oh thank goodness we have this <laughs> i have this bill to pay for it but right but yeah um what i'm getting at is is that yes cash will go it, it will you know help you out in some emergency situations, but it will go only so far. That's absolutely right. And we even have a question later. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get to about other currencies. I think we'll talk about that. But having some cash. Now, I have some trepidation because $1,000 is a lot of money, yes. man. Yes. Yeah, to it, just be sitting in a go bag, yeah. Yes. And so having that, that bag in a protected place. And then also, well, again, we'll talk about guns and ammunition. I know you and I differ on that a bit. It makes me bit. think about Ramsey's... Um, miniature emergency fund the, yeah, the it's a thousand dollars in your bank account right and what what we're talking about is if it's possible have that miniature emergency fund cash on hand in your go bag yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i probably wouldn't set the first thousand there like, no 
but my thousand dollars actually is from my emergency fund. Right. Yeah. So uh, part of my emergency fund is in that bag. I don't have an extra thousand dollars to just throw in my bag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A few other things I have here, a charging cable for my iPhone, Mm -hmm. because as long as I have access to my car, I'll be able to charge my phone and whatever else I want in there. My car also has one of those uh, regular AC adapters, so I can charge things in the car. I have, uh, like I said, a trash bag. I have some butt wipes uh, (laughs) or uh, sanitary wipes. You know, you're talking about the charging things in the car when our electricity was out for four days. We have like a backup battery. It's real thin. Um, holds about two or like even three uh, cell phone chargers, uh, uh, charges. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually that battery wore out. So yeah, that's exactly what we did. Is I went to the car and like was charging stuff there. But I even have like the AC adapter that plugs in from our when we were on tour. Mm-hmm. And remember we got the AC adapter that you can it turns everything into like a what is it one twenty yeah or one ten volt whatever it is. So um, I could even charge my laptop on that. Um, but yeah, the car comes in handy a lot for a lot of different things. Yeah, and I can imagine that your car and your cell phone end up being phenomenal emergency items in a true emergency. Yeah. I want to say this, though, as we, we continue through this, realize that we've survived all the emergencies we've been through right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to really prepare that much. Why am I preparing this? I'm preparing it once so I never have to worry about it again. Right. When you actually address a problem, you eradicate it. Yeah. The problem I have here is like, okay, if I'm worried about some sort of disaster, what do I do to plan for that? It's almost like the uh, the go bag is almost uh, kind of like um, a uh, first aid kit, but it's you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's its own first aid kit in a way. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Where you yeah. hope you never have to use it. It's an emergency go kit. Yeah. Now, what I will say, and I, I'm not done with my items yet. I'll, I'll mention a few more, and then we'll move on. Virtually everything on this list I already had. Right. So that's when you and I first were trying to record this. I was like, this stresses me out because I felt like I had to go out and buy a bunch of things. No, I had to buy a hand crank radio. I had to buy a few extra lighters. And But even there, I even thought about buying other things. Like, oh, maybe I need to get one of those cell phone chargers that Ryan has, the backup battery. I'm like, yeah. well, no, the hand crank radio does that. If I'm in a true emergency, yeah. I don't need two. Right. Right. And uh, I have... First aid supplies. So I have a first aid kit in my car, but then also in the go bag, I have some first aid supplies in there, band-aids and, and wipes and, and things like that. Yeah. I have a knife in there. Yeah. Uh, and also this multi-tool that is like, um, it's like a tiny little hatchet. Uh, this is the other thing I bought. Oh, wow. And it has, but the reason I bought it is like 14 and one. And in fact, we'll put a link to this in the show notes too. If you remind me, Sean, I'll get you a link to it. It was cheap. It was 20 bucks or so. I hate mm-hmm. spending an extra 20 bucks, but it, the the thing with it was like it's a screwdriver it is it's a, a hatchet it's too. a scissors it's a hatchet it's a hammer oh wow and so it's like 14 15 tools in one uh, it's a pair of pliers so mm. if i need to turn off you know a water main somewhere i can do that it sounds like a leatherman plus sounds like it's it's a not bit. as expensive as a leatherman right but yeah. yeah leathermans are crazy yeah, yeah. but it it's like a leatherman but with a hatchet yeah yeah cool. and, and way less expensive yeah and so yeah i have that i have some backup batteries for the flashlight i've got my passport i have an n95 mask in there uh you could do a p100 i i decided not to spend the extra money on one but N95 is adequate, I think, for most uh, emergencies. I have a, a watch in case my phone stops working for some reason, a wristwatch. Mm-hmm. And I've got some medicine. So whether that's vitamins, like vitamin C, zinc, uh, and, and then, of course, 
the other th only other thing I would grab in this scenario is prescription medicines, right. which I don't keep in the bug out bag. We have a, a question about this later, but that is everything that I would have. Oh wait, there's one other thing. Where is it at? Oh, here it is. Underwear. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have one pair of underwear, one pair of socks. I love that because uh, Mariah and I we pretty much have the same exact stuff you're talking about. I'm gonna look at my list real quick and see if there's anything that we have additional. But um, I actually well, have we Mariah's underwear in my bag. <laughs> we have additional. What we have additional in our bag is full sets of clothes. Like I have uh, I have a t shirt, a black t shirt in there, and a pair of underwear, mm -hmm. and uh, like a pair of shorts, basically. Yeah. Um. See, and, to me, I, yeah. I don't. I don't want those things. Again, not right. saying you shouldn't have those. For me, it it's it yeah. Feels all you need. All you need is clean, clean underwear. Yeah. Right. What you're saying is, is the clothes on your back are good enough. Yes. And if you absolutely need something, it would be the underwear. Now, I feel like a fraud. Your Mormon underwear. Yeah, I have long underwear. That's true. Yeah. Now, I feel like a fraud because Jack Reacher would never have a go bag. <laughs> He's so, also a fictional character. Right, and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I actually exist, do you? Oh, shoot. You know, the only thing I have addition to what you have is um, I have some instant coffee and some tea in there. And, That's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I might write that down because I have I have some instant coffee. And the only reason is, um, and again, this was through Rod Green coaching me. Um, he mentioned it because he was like, "Look, uh, two things. Going back to the having these little comforts and how it can kind of get you through a tough situation. Right. So he's like, you know, coffee is something that you probably have every day, and um, it's just one little, you know." Uh, comfort mm -hmm. that you could you could prepare for and still get your fix he goes but more importantly he's like if you have to do like a long night or something like you really want to have some kind of energy whether it's a like he keeps the little five hour energy things in his go back i do not have those um but yeah just some kind of caffeine to like some kind of stimulant to um to keep you going that's why i have a kilo of cocaine in my go bag <laughs> <laughs> Seems a bit excessive. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's highly individual, Josh. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> okay, I do not have. So is your tolerance? Yeah. Okay, that was a joke. Um, the only other thing that Mariah and I have uh, that I can see here is we have I have a camp stove. It's a it's a rocket stove, uh -huh. and it's like three inches in diameter, maybe three inches tall. And we have a little bottle of uh, denatured alcohol, and you pour just a little bit of alcohol in there. You light it on fire. And it looks like a freaking like a gas stove burner. It's uh -huh. unbelievable how small it is, but like how much it can heat water up. So, uh, in addition, we have like a it's about the size of a thermos, but it's a pot that you can set on that stove to heat the water. Yeah. But other than that, I think we're I'm like right on the same page with you, man. Yeah, here, here's what I'll say. Uh, just wrapping this up. There's a reason that I have this. There's a reason I put this together. Mm -hmm. It's that I hope I ne I never need it. Absolutely. And if it would have required me buying 20 different items. I wouldn't have done it. Right. These are items I already had in my house, and yeah. I just put them in my bag. Putting them in one place, yeah. And Because here's the thing. It made me think, like, okay, if I had only 30 seconds, I couldn't grab all these things. Yeah. And so all I need to do now is grab that bag, grab any prescriptions I might have. We'll mm -hmm. answer that question in a moment. And then I can go. I can get in my car. I can go. Yeah. If I have a longer period of time, there are other things I'll probably grab. Mm -hmm. I might grab my fire extinguisher. Yeah. I might grab a cast iron skillet. I'll grab some other things if I have 15, 20 minutes right. where it makes sense for me. I might grab a coffee kit or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I have only 30 seconds, I need to go immediately. Boom. I'm grabbing this. I'm gone. But I'm never going to use it anyway. So when we have that situation, the 30-second countdown where we got to get out, my job is to get the go bag and Mariah's job is to get the cat. 
and the cat tower. And the cat tower, yes. No. <laughs> Just imagine you dragging a cat tower up <laughs> right. that you don't own. We don't yeah, exactly. We don't have a cat tower. We get the scratching post, but but yeah. Um But that's what that's you just use. Well, the you know what? Post. I did I, right, exactly. I do see one thing that I have on here and we'll get to this question a little bit later. Um actually, you know what? I will wait for the question to talk about the one other item I have in my bag. Mark has a question for us. Let's ask that one. How do we shore up our lines of communication within our communities in preparation for emergencies? I think this is the most important question. We've 100%. already covered it. Yeah. And so the the short answer is add value now. We saw it in Dayton, Ohio, when everyone came together after those two terrible tragedies. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle came to the city, hosted the, 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 the free concert to raise money yeah. for the victims. And what I realized is, oh, we set aside all of our differences. And so why don't we do that now? So I know that your neighbor doesn't have your same political beliefs, yeah. but that's not a problem. The problem is the beliefs. Right. The beliefs get in the way of the truth. The truth is we're all human beings. We're all struggling mm. and we can all love each other as well. Yeah. And we're talking about love. Love isn't an act. I know we hear this. Uh, love is a verb. No, 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 no. There's a verb that accompanies it. To love someone is to accept them, to be open to reality. Yeah, if you don't know your neighbors, like if you're listening to this and you haven't met your neighbors yet, mm-hmm. unless you just moved in, yeah. like there's no reason why. I mean, that's one of the first things that Mariah and I did. We just moved to a new place. Mm-hmm. And one of the first thing we did is we like went and introduced ourselves to our neighbors. Yes. And some of them won't be receptive. My immediate next door neighbors are super quiet, but they're this old Russian couple. They're probably in their 70s. Mm-hmm. They have, they, I, they've never said more than five words to me. But they know that you're there. They know I'm there, and they you know, know I'm nice. There. Yeah. Uh, the people across the hall, they um, they know that. Oh yeah, hey. As soon as I w- we, w- we we moved in, it was like, hey, I saw your thing on Netflix, and so like we built a rapport there. There are some other neighbors who are young, and they could care less. I know they're not going to be of any help whatsoever, and that's okay. And, but if they do need help in the time of emergency, I am prepared to help them. Yeah. The worst time to introduce yourself to someone is during an emergency (laughs) or when you need something right yeah exactly don't wait until you need something so if you're asking how do you shore up lines of communication you don't wait you add value now it's the we talk about this and love people use things there's the old adage of uh, putting your mask on first before helping others yeah now there's the key to that ryan is you don't wait for someone to tell you to put your mask on. You help yourself first. Yep. You don't say, well, has the pilot told me to put my mask on yet? You put your mask on. But then here's the second important part. Hmm. You do not wait for the pilot's permission to help other people. You don't need permission to help others. You saw that in Dayton. They simply helped. As soon as they made sure they were safe and secure, they helped other people in an emergency. Yeah. That's how we get through a crisis. Absolutely. Matt has a question for us. Should one keep guns and ammunition in their homes for self-protection? They're the ultimate just-in-case items, but not ones you know for certain you'll use. So, Matt, I think your question here, Ryan and I probably have a a different view on guns. In fact, it actually roots in your question. They're the ultimate just-in-case item. I'm the one who agrees with that. The ultimate just-in-case items are emergency items, right? Right. So I think of guns as emergency item. Ryan thinks of guns as emergency plus recreation. Yeah, I mean, you know, living in Montana, I think there's like a picture of Mariah on my timeline of shooting a gun. I mean, that's 
It's what you, they call it, Montucky, for a reason. Well, it's sixty-three. So, uh, they, there are more households there yeah. that own firearms than any other state in the contiguous U.S. Yeah, I think Alaska is the only state that has more per capita. So, sixty-three percent of households in Montana own a firearm. Yeah, or multiple firearms. Yeah, so it's something that you know in Montana um, I had, and I, I you know. I do look at it as an emergency item. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm going to have a gun though, like I want to make sure that a, I know how to use it B that I'm comfortable with it and C that it's not just that. It's not just sitting there in case I need to shoot someone like mm-hmm. from like that just doesn't feel right to me. So, um, and I mean, I just went shooting a couple weeks ago in California with a friend um so yes it is a bit of a recreational thing um it's also a bit of an emergency item uh i wish that we didn't have to have this conversation though honestly yeah i wish that if i could snap my fingers and get rid of all the weapons in the world man we could just hold hands but i really would though (laughs) i mean if we could get rid of all the guns that'd be great but uh that's not realistic yeah i i'm of the mind and by the way you and i are in a unique situation so um bex owns a firearm I own one and the handguns and I hate guns, but because I own them, there's a reason you also want to be adequately trained. Mm -hmm. Right. And and thank goodness we, we have podcast Sean who is an expert in, in firearms and and truly understands and has his concealed carry permit, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and has helped me understand a whole lot about guns. He's helped, he's taken me to the, the range and, and given me some training as well. And we continue to, in fact, we're going in a couple of weeks, Bex and I, if you want to to go with us to train definitely. And, and because with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And my responsibility here is, to take care of my family and protect my family. You and I are in a a different unique position because we've had a few death threats, nothing, uh, it's not a regular occurrence, but it's happened several times over the last decade. Uh, Some things that can be perceived as a death death threat, but beyond that, we've had quite a few, the 99.99% of people are great. Even 99.9% of the trolls are are fine. They're not not threatening you, Mm. but there's also some creepiness out there sometimes and that you know people will sometimes uh, i had i had one person this is back in 2013 or 2014 take a uh, a google street view image of where i lived and mm. sent it to me really yeah that's weird and i've never heard about that that's yeah crazy. and and so that's happened i've had uh, a few various sort of uh, cloaked threats i would call them where mm. it's not an overt threat but you're like is this a th-? and anytime i have to ask is this a threat then it's like okay well i, I need to just be cautious here right yeah. and so yes while i would prefer not to i have you know we, we have firearms and we we train so that if it does come down to it i need to protect my family then i will protect my family if you break into my home and try to kidnap my daughter I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, and this is the uh, this is the other just in case item I have in my my go bag. If I had a kid, it would be kept in a safe at all times. Mine is kept in a safe yeah. at, all, at all times, and uh, in fact, I even have a travel safe if we want to. Um, you know, if we go to the range or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a, a regular safe where it is you know, near my bed, and mm-hmm. and. Um, so if I need it in the middle of the night, it, but it's locked away. And so, mm-hmm. but also teaching your kids about firearms is 
extremely important. Ella's young. She's seven right now. Yeah. But even now, we have showed her that we have a firearm, where we keep it, while, how she doesn't have access to it. But to, to uh, actually, Sean, if you want to hop on mic, he's the one who taught me about this because he has two teenage daughters mm-hmm. who I think can clean guns blindfolded. <laughs> I don't know about blindfolded. Maybe close to that. Now I've taught them since they were very young, right? Um, when I would pull uh, the gun out from the point they could actually hold a gun, you know, I would teach them uh, the basic safety things, right? Uh, now, why did you do that? Well, two reasons. Uh, one, I keep them in the house, and there's always a chance that they would get them. I mean, I'm, I've been very careful, but they're going to go to other people's houses. Mm, right. Other people have guns. They might not be as thorough as me mm-hmm. as far as locking these up and securing them. So I want to, well, first of all, they shouldn't be around a but that they understand uh, how to take the clip out of the gun, right? How to breach the gun to make sure that it's not loaded, knowing that when you're handling a gun, you never point the gun at anything that you don't want to destroy. Even if you are 100% sure that that gun is empty, right. you store in the practice, right? It's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Never point at anything you don't intend to destroy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's important to go over these very basic gun safety uh, rules so your you know your kids are comfortable around it but also mm. um, it takes the oh I don't it takes the taboo away from like mm-hmm. if, you know if, if if you said oh I have a gun and you never even showed it to them you never did anything like there's something especially in a teenager's mindset where they want to go and look at the gun themselves they want to find it right so it takes away the novelty of it um, mm-hmm. if you go through things like this with your kids so it was when they were very young with profanities I told them I don't care use any profanity you want I said just don't use it outside the house yeah. because some people are offended and you can't use it against another family member in anger yeah don't use it to hurt another family I love right. that you but can use it you can't use it at me right, right exactly and guess what first week dropping them left dropping f-bombs and stuff left and right and then they realized oh it doesn't bother you yeah and then that was the end of it yeah. I hardly ever hear them Right, and, and if you take away the stigma, that takes away the excitement around mm-hmm. the thing. Where mm-hmm. if you say, "Look, I have a gun. It's hidden. You're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed right. to see it." Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's, oh, what is that? You're challenging them almost. Uh, yeah, in a, mm-hmm. in a weird way. You'll never find it. <laughs> and so I, I remember when we first got uh, the guns, uh, it was, and, and went through some training and understanding. We tried to help Ella through understanding and and removed all ammunition away in a separate room and showed her here's here's what the gun is. You're welcome mm-hmm. to to look at it and hold it. Um, however, we want to go through some safety uh, preca- uh, measures with you so that you mm-hmm. understand. And she she understands the gravity of it. She understands how serious it is. Yeah, and it's absolutely stunning to me and i'm not going to get into a a libertarian argument or whatever here but i I think that we have to have a license to drive a car but we don't need a license to buy a no training yeah it's very strange yeah we we don't need it and and so thankfully if if every gun owner was like podcast sean we'd have zero deaths a year it would be a very safe place yeah yes yeah Yeah. and because sean is so well trained Mm -hmm. and and has a thorough understanding of the significance and the seriousness Mm -hmm. and it's not a toy and it's not something that is um i mean you might use it recreationally in terms of of training Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not some 
it's not something that you ever play with. Right. Right. And it's always something you take seriously. Oh yeah. I well, and I've had um, some tragedy in my family associated with with guns that mm. also put gravity on that as mm. well. I've had a few family members that uh, took their lives with guns. Wow. Yeah. So it's added an extra weight for me, a personal responsibility with that. Yeah. 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 Likewise, I yeah, I have a family member who accidentally shot his mm. his partner. Oh yes, and uh, I remember this now. It wasn't well, that long ago. Well, the thing is, you know, they 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 weren't trained. They didn't take it seriously. Yes, um, and it was a matter of, you know, every time uh, when because during in the evening they keep it loaded next to their bed, and then when they get up, mm. they take it apart basically. So they took the clip out. What they usually do is take the clip out and then they eject the bullet. Yeah. Well, they did it backwards. They ejected the bullet and then took the clip out. But all that does is shove another bullet into mm, the chamber. Right. And then they pointed it at their partner. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, do you really have to learn? I mean, they lived. Yeah. Thank goodness. But like, I mean, it was, I mean, they almost went to prison. It, it comes back to that thing. You never point it at anything 100%. that you don't intend to destroy. Yeah. But it's just so yeah. like talking to my family member, I'm like, it's not cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it's like not it's not funny. Uh, yeah, like what what is that what that idi- what the, does that even do? Let's say it didn't shoot your partner. Mm-hmm. Like what does that do for you? I mean, it's yeah, it's not cute, it's not funny. You don't want to spend time around those types of people no. either mm-hmm. because they create emergencies. Exactly. That person, he literally created an emergency that was avoidable. And and by the way, that the only reason that I would ever want a firearm is for emergencies right to protect my wife and my daughter and myself yeah because it is the great equalizer someone can break Mm -hmm. in your house they're bigger than you they're better trained than you they fight better or they have their own weapon yeah right and then breaking in your house it is the it is the the great equalizer Mm -hmm. and especially for bex when she's out camping and she's Mm -hmm. alone and i mean it's a rarity that it can happen but it's the thing that keeps her safe it's a distance weapon as well Yes. So it keeps you from having to be in a close quarters, right? Especially mm-hmm. with somebody that could easily overpower you. It keeps distance. And I do worry about you know, Bex and Ella when they go camping in the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. get Ella being abducted or Bex being raped. Animals as well, right? I mean, yeah. when they're camping, uh, especially yeah. Montana, you do have some concern about bears not as much, but definitely. Well, I had bear spray when we lived in Montana. Yeah, yeah. But, but let's note that bear spray is more effective. Than mm-hmm. You could have then, a forty-five caliber gun, which is a huge bullet. Right. That's not going to do as much as bear spray. Well, they recommend, like, <laughs> in bear country, we're talking about grizzlies, though, right? right. Black bears tend to run. Right, uh, yeah. But they said that the lowest caliber that you would want to keep with you is 500. Yeah, it's that's insane. insane. And there's that's, literally, yeah, there's it, literally one handgun. Yeah, I think rated, it's a Smith and Wesson. That's is the rated only for one. grizzly, but it might as well be a rifle. I mean, the barrel on that thing. Right, is, it's, it's you're right. It's far more effective to have bear spray with something like that. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to Kelly's question. All right, how can we ensure we don't panic prep out of fear and instead minimalist prep with reason? How do you prep like a minimalist? minimalist? Yeah, this always takes me back to the Jack Reacher thing. So why do I prepare? That's the first question I'm always asking. Why am I preparing? What am I preparing for? Yes, because if you don't ask those questions, then you're going to hoard. Right. Just and by the way, you can go to the Noah's Ark site, and if you don't know why and what, 
then all of a sudden, well, be here's the things I need. Right. And so one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to buy a bunch of stuff you don't need. Right. Or you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to throw your hands up, walk away, and then you're going to be unprepared. Yeah. And so how do I prepare? I, I prepare so that the problem is eradicated. Yeah. That's it. And so the, my go bag is things I already had. Now they're just in one place plus a couple of new items. And now that it's there, mm -hmm. the problem is eradicated. Yeah. I never have to worry about it again. Yeah. That is how. We have a question here from Jennifer. My health insurance will only cover medication refills once a month. So how do I appropriately accumulate adequate medication for an emergency? Man, um, I think the question is, is how much is it worth to you to be prepared? But I mean, it's cause some medications, yeah, you pay the 10 or $15. If you want extra medication, your insurance is like, sorry, not going to cover that. And maybe it costs $500 for that medication, Oof. which is a lot of money. Yes. So the question is how bad do you need it? And how much is it worth to you? You yes. know, I mean, if it's, if it's someone who's on insulin, I don't think insulin's that, you know, $500 or whatever, but, um, if it's insulin, it makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe put some in your, in your, refrigerator for emergencies and uh yeah whatever but really the best preparation is what millie well I, th I look at this one of two ways right so i'm on a couple prescription medications right now because of this terrible autoimmune disease that i have right and however what i'm working to do is to get off of the prescriptions that's the best plan right because if I don't have any prescriptions then mm -hmm. i don't need to grab any prescriptions when i go right now for most prescriptions there is often a way to get off of them through diet exercise lifestyle changes eradicating the underlying problem mm -hmm. that the prescription does not address most prescriptions deal with the symptoms mm -hmm. as opposed to addressing the actual problem yeah. there's obvious exceptions to that there are other prescriptions where maybe you're born as a type 1 diabetic you can't and, just get off of insulin right. right i mean there are some examples of you know, ketosis and other things that may or may not help and, and however i think there's the the great illustration here is you have a type 1 diabetic and you have a type 2 diabetic ryan and so if you have a type 2 diabetic it's probably caused by diet and lifestyle mm -hmm. and you might require some medication temporarily but the long-term plan isn't to stay on that medication in perpetuity. Right. It's to adjust my diet and lifestyle. So that is the best way to prepare. However, if I'm born with type 1 diabetes and I need insulin, then the question, as Ryan said, is maybe my insurance only covers one month. If you feel like you need more than a month, how much are you comfortable with needing? Mm -hmm. Is it two months, three months? Then you make that part of your emergency fund. Yeah. And if it costs $200, $500, my God, whatever it is, you need to be able to budget for that so that you have an adequate supply in the time of emergency. However, most emergencies that I'm planning for, they're not going to be multi-month emergencies. Right. So the, the prescriptions I have right now, I, I have several weeks, up to a month of prescriptions right now. That's enough to get me through any emergency that I can think of yeah. because most emergencies aren't. So let's talk about how far out do you plan for it? For me, it's like three days. That is where, like when I think of the, the food, which when the food I have in my bug out bag is like some protein bars and some cans of tuna. It's like literally enough sustenance for Mariah and I to uh, have a decent size uh, calorie meal once a day for three days. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the medication, 
yeah, if you're planning, if you're planning your medication for months, well, then that would make me feel like I'd have to plan everything else for months. Yeah, yeah. And so, so the question is again, what are you preparing for? Mm-hmm. If it's an immediate emergency, there's no medication, right? Right. Uh, you, you don't you don't need to plan for an immediate emergency you, first aid kit whatever emergency room yeah. sort of thing if it's a stay at home emergency then i plan for two weeks well i already have two weeks worth of medication right, right. now if it's a go or evacuation emergency then like you i plan for three days yeah. so i have three days worth of food and water prepared so when i have to go mm-hmm. uh, i can bring my medication with me as well yeah. and so what am i preparing for that is the critical question here mm-hmm. mike has a question for us how much cash should one keep on hand for emergencies are there other items that can be used as currency that should be kept on hand as well so bitcoin yeah right how many bitcoins do you have in your pocket right now uh, a dozen <laughs> uh, sean sold them to me he said they were bitcoins wait a minute they're D- yeah plastic they're made of chocolate in the middle <laughs> mm, bitcoin <laughs> yeah. man you, uh, when he says how much should you keep on hand i think about my go bag and i think about on my person i mean i have basically two different cash emergency funds one is in my go bag and one is like i said i, I mentioned earlier i keep that 100 hundred dollar bill and then you have your actual emergency fund which is right digital cash exactly you know, right exactly yeah it's cash on hand even though it's not physical currency yeah and then you know covering that second question what else can be you know kind of stored up i mean yeah i guess in an emergency situation you might be able to trade a can of tuna for something i mean there are some resources that you could trade back and forth mm-hmm. um but I certainly wouldn't recommend storing extra things just in case that can be used as currency. No. Because really, it depends on what the emergency is. Mm-hmm. Food may not be the the thing you can trade. Maybe it's um, maybe it's matches. You know, yeah. So what? So you're going to store food and matches now just in case. Well, if a different emergency happens, well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's water. You know. Yeah. So personally, I wouldn't recommend saving up other things to trade off. Um, and I know. They're probably thinking about gold and silver and things like that, too. I do keep one brick of gold bullion in my go bag. (laughs) Brick of gold bullion? Yeah. What is gold bullion? It's like those big gold bricks. Oh, my goodness. You know, you see like Fort Knox or something. (laughs) The thing weighs like 40 pounds. Yeah, I know. It's a heavy go bag. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually spent my entire life savings on the the gold brick (laughs) just in case. (laughs) Yeah, it, It does. It You know, it's funny that. When we think about this, so currency, and we could have a separate conversation about fiat currencies and uh, tethered to the gold standard, which we lost in 1971, and mm-hmm. inflationary income. You know, what is it? Over 33% of, I think it's 37% of all cash that was printed in U.S. history was printed in 2020, <sighs> which means we're going to see huge inflation mm. next year. And so yeah. having cash on hand it means my emergency fund or the $1,000 I keep in my go bag is actually worth less and less every day because we've printed so much money. Yeah. It's like in Zimbabwe, I believe it was, when they had the $100 trillion bills oh, man. to deal with inflation. Your money is functionally worthless. Here, here's what isn't worthless. Hmm. Love. Amen to that. That's the currency we have. We've talked several times about community here, but Mike or anyone who's listening to this, how much cash should you keep on hand? There is no should. It is what are you comfortable with? For me, I took $1,000 out of my bank emergency fund, mm-hmm. which by the way, in an emergency, I'm probably still going to have access to my bank, most likely. Yeah. 
We've gone through a bunch of emergencies in our 40 years on this earth, Ryan. Yes. And we've always had access to our bank accounts. Yeah. There hasn't been a day where we haven't been able to get into our bank accounts. And my feeling is that if you can't get to your bank account, then other people aren't able to get to their bank account. And it's it's everyone's emergency. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like COVID. The, I don't know, the... Uh, inconvenience the, the 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 trauma whatever it is that covid has caused there's something about all of us going in it together that there's this understanding that we have with um i don't know when people need anything it's almost like okay yeah we're in this together so if you can't get to your bank account i guarantee you there's other people who can't get into their bank account and uh again going back to making sure you've added value value to your community you can pull your resources together and uh, totally survive without having that digital currency. You know what else is priceless? Hmm. Peace, calm. Mm, amen. Being calm during the storm. You know, I think of uh, when. You, now, it doesn't mean being irrational, right? Like you see the guys who go out in the hurricane and yell at the sky on the beach. <laughs> I dare you, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want to be. What was it, uh, Dan from uh, Forrest Gump? Oh yeah, that's Captain right. Dan or whatever, yeah. uh, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, he 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 was irrational, right? Mm-hmm. So, but being calm is a type of currency in yes. a way, because people gravitate toward the calm person Mm -hmm. and they know that, Oh, this is the person who has things under control. And the only way to have things under control is to not overreact. And so pausing that moment of stillness is a type of currency. And it's so much better than having an extra 50 bucks because if you're panicking and having 50 bucks or 500 bucks in your pocket, it doesn't matter. You're going to do something stupid mm-hmm. and that money's going to be worthless to you. Yeah. And I know because I've panicked in the past mm-hmm. and I know from experience that panic not only doesn't get me anywhere, it gets me the opposite of where I want to go. Yeah. Patrons, I'd love to hear from you. What are your emergency items? Go to the audio version of this episode and comment. Let us know what do you have that maybe Ryan and I don't have? Do you have a bug out bag? Yeah. Do you have some emergency items at home that really add value to your life? Or do you have some BS emergency items that you're going to let go of because you've realized after listening to this, oh, I'm already prepared for the emergency because I have a community, because I have the things that I need. Mm -hmm. And many of the things I thought I needed are actually superfluous. Thank you so much for your time. Y'all are awesome. Love people, use things. We'll see you soon. Thanks again, patrons. The Minimalists.